this session. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. <laughs> Is anybody playing a dwarf? Join our adventure party as we delve into the social and cultural aspects of our favorite game, all while enlightening our taste buds with a random craft beer. So crack open your favorite Bardic Inspiration and roll initiative with us of Dice and Brews. friends welcome back to another session of of dice and brews it's ben also known as the forever dm i got a great show for you guys today i actually brought some of the people that i ooh and ah about all the time oh my god he oohs and ahs about us to be part of my party on this episode so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go around the table i'm gonna start with the hawaiian freak himself ah that's me justin tell the people a little bit about yourself and and how we met yes my name is that that walk on the beach where we held hands. Oh, we were just over there. I just saw him in his speedo, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta get some of that action. It was a purple one. Yes, it was beautiful. But anyways, my name is Justin. I'm also known as Hawaiian Freak on YouTube and Spotify and iTunes. Please check me out. I play heavy metal music, and I also happen to be a Hawaiian. And he's a DM for all your Eddie fans out there? A moderate DM. But yes, we met up on a Facebook uh, message when uh, you guys needed a uh, player that uh, bailed out, I think. Yeah, and so I was searching for, we had four, and I was looking for that one ring to rule them all. You I know? think Brandon hit me up because I remember it popped up on the Facebook uh, group, and uh, I hit that up because I really wanted to play D&D badly. Yeah, because at the time you told me that you were uh, DMing for uh, a group and you were running Curse of Strahd. Oh, yes, yes, that was right, and uh, you just reminded me how long ago it's been since we played. <laughs> Th- this kind of took over, <laughs> and we just stopped. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you, you bailed on your players to come be a player in my campaign, just saying. You're welcome. I'm sorry, players. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, met up uh, at a game shop, and we got to know each other on Session Zero, and it kicked off pretty well. We kind of got uh, just of what we wanted to do, what we are expecting about the game, and Ben was so so great at explaining what to expect and what h- how open uh, this game was going to be in the sense of just playing off of each other. Yeah, you Great know, DM, guys. Oh, stop it. Quit it. Just stop. Okay, I'll stop. So when, when we all got together, four of the guys who, like the other four, not at this table right now, honestly, but I wanted a fifth player just in case that uh, one person was unavailable for one week. Because the worst part about putting together D&D sessions is player absence, Mm -hmm. inconsistencies. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier when you have that fifth to still run a four spot. So I was like, hey, I want one more. I want one more. And they're like, no, four is fine. No, it's four is fine. And I was like, no, I want one more. So then Justin was the first one to hit us up and respond, actually. So welcome, Justin. Justin the Hawaiian Freak. Next, Lucas the Hurt Monster. Ooh, the Hurt Monster. (laughs) Howdy. Yeah. uh, So I'm Lucas. I've uh, been playing D&D for about six years now but uh me and ben met under terrible circumstances guys you remember uh, a couple sessions ago when i told you that i had this experience in nevada this is the man the myth the legend right here standing by us 
uh, we just happened to meet both as players uh, with this overly controlling DM who would only communicate via email. He uh, refused. That was like one of the weirdest things, by the way, is like, who in the fuck only communicates through email? Like, not even text message. Email? Oh, he he said messenger was too hard. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so, and he also created our characters for us for session one. He did. But then he didn't remember any of the details. Remember? Remember any of the details <laughs> that he gave us. So me and Lucas are sitting there, and we're like, we're living the role play aspect, and we're playing up to our like little secrets that he gave us. And he's like, what are you guys fucking doing? And we're like, dude, he gave us his paragraph on the back of the character sheet. <laughs> It was fucking the weirdest session ever. Mm. But me and Ben quickly realized this was not the spot for us. But we recognized each other. And we were like, hey, I, I, I think we need to take this. I just looking into his eyes as well. You know, It was love at first sight, everybody. Oh, it was. Man. There was tweeting birds <laughs> and everything. But no, me and Ben were talking about a campaign for a while, but we fell off for a little bit. Uh, obviously, personal life comes into everything. But uh, then he hit me up. He was like, hey, Lucas, I got this campaign I'm about to be running. And I was like, I can't. I'm in four other campaigns right now. But the interest got me. And yeah, I, he was like that dog on the commercial. What was in there? <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> the bacon kind? <laughs> he said, horror theme? World on the brink of destruction? <laughs> Not the Forgotten Realms? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I just couldn't resist. And uh, I got to meet up at the game shop. Uh, where I got to meet uh, Justin and uh, all the other players that we currently play with. Yeah, we'll meet them at another time. Honestly, the only reason that these guys are here tonight is because we were supposed to be playing tonight. But thanks, Brandon, for having to be absent <laughs> in the most dire of circumstances where we need Eldritch Blast Jesus. <laughs> you guys won't get to see my character yet. <laughs> Next time. That's a different episode. That's a different episode. The suspense. So, yeah. And then, last but not least, Miss Diana. Hi. Yep. So I um, also met Ben on a Facebook group. I Guys, I'm not a stalker. I <laughs> promise you. I don't search these, yes, I don't search these people out online. You know? I, w- I just moved here and I got onto the Facebook D&D group and I said, hey, is anybody looking for an additional player? Blase, blase. And immediately everybody went to her profile. And was like, yeah, I'm getting this chick <laughs> oh my in my God. game right now. I had a few suitors. And you happened to hit me up like, Justin, you know this person? <laughs> no, we happened to be that came la- Yeah, that came <laughs> later. Hold Justin on. and I yeah. knew each other, yeah, for, for many years. Like, what, 10 years? I st- it was, it was at the beginning, we were like, how did we meet? Yeah, <laughs> it was high school? No, we found out later. We thought it was high school for a while. But it was the haunted house. We worked at a haunted house together. That was the one. Yeah. <laughs> so it was love at first fright. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, love at first fright. <laughs> That's, that's your next yeah. metal collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now that needs to happen. And then I got uh, brought on. I thought Ben was great. And then the first session, I was hooked. I loved everybody at the table. It felt right. It was just such a great. Honestly, the best group. The best group by, yeah. far. by far. I've by never, far. like, and I ooh and I ooh and ah about you guys all the time. Like, I've never been a part of a group where there's, like, not Aww. been some kind of apprehension towards at least between two people. It just feels like in this group, everybody knows who's taking the lead, who needs to go by the wayside, mm-hmm. or when the lead needs to be picking, taken up, and the roles just like fall into place like every session. And the best part about it, like it seems like every session it's a different person. You know, like mm-hmm. sometimes Justin will be like, hey, let's push 
questions along a little bit, or Lucas will ask the questions like he always I does. Those. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but Sorry. even Diana has taken things into her own <laughs> hands at times, which is amazing because that's what you want because that's what players do. Breaking hearts. I want to mention and that. Them. Oh, <laughs> I do want to mention that uh, with this group, I I think. Everyone can agree, like, in a normal D&D setting, when you start out, you're always going to your best friends or family or whatnot, people you already know. This is a group where no one really knew each other, and it just clicked really flawlessly. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. I guess that's my message to people trying to get in and afraid of uh, playing with new players that you don't know outside of your circle. Definitely give it a shot. But at the same time, I think in my head you had the nightmare D&D session, mm -hmm. so I'm actually going to take that one back. You never know what you're going to yeah. get. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> but also, you'll quickly find that with you guys and with the other people at our table, like your play group becomes your best friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, like I invite you guys to events that happen in my normal family life. This is not just a D&D exclusive thing. I actually care about you guys generally as people and what happens in your everyday lives. And if you need help, I'm there for you, just as we've seen that everybody in this group. And just we have, recently. We have eight yeah. of us, and we all answer the call. It's it's quite remarkable. I, I come. I think we're the exception to the rule and not the rule. Like I'm yeah. truly blessed to be a part of your guys' lives and have you guys a part of mine, for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys think about podcast life so far? I know, Justin, you have dabbles yeah, into dabble. in, and you do music and stuff like that but you other two guys have like the sound of your own voices in, in the headsets oh still treading water over here i'm trying to figure it all out uh not a huge fan of my own voice but i'm telling you they're gonna love it you're gonna be so shocked and so in love with it <laughs> he's gonna be like hey are you doing another episode next week I need to I come again. Come on, you got any of those uh <laughs> podcasts <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I talk on the phone for a living every day, so I'm used to hearing my Now voice. you're cooking with butter. <laughs> <laughs> Inside jokes are fun. <laughs> Not real life at all. Mm -mm. Never once. So I'm going to go back around the table again. And Justin, how long have you been playing D&D? Like, when, when did you start? What's, what's your experience? I know you said that you, you DM'd a little bit. Did you primarily DM or play player primarily? Say that a lot. That's crazy. Yeah, so um, I uh, started back, let's see, I think it was 2000, 2010 and 2012. I was in fourth edition. That's when my buddy got me in, and I was a player. Very fresh, very green, not knowing how this all worked. How, why I like this game so much is it acts like a movie, and I love movies. And finding out that you take control where the direction goes, but the fate of the dice determined how well that went just made it so entertaining and uh drawing but just stayed uh, as a player and then eventually i was like you know what i have this idea i tried a homebrew for my first dm session it went pretty well for a while but i think it only lasted like 10 sessions that's but still longer than most campaigns last i mean i mm -hmm. i think a lot of campaigns fizzle out around third fourth fifth level somewhere around there which is probably like the eight nine ten mark but honestly i've run a lot of dead end campaigns where it's an interest falls off just mm -hmm. because of normal life that's how it usually goes, and it's unfortunate, but just part of the D&D lifestyle. Here today, campaign tomorrow. <laughs> but well. but it, again, like just I'm just thinking about this group that we're in right now. All depends on 
the click with every single person currently where we're at now is amazing but going back to uh, what i went to and uh getting into D, &D uh, after my uh first uh dm session i got back to playing a character again and then i, I decided to try out some of the uh modules that uh uh D, D people why am i not forgetting the wizard, wizard of the coast, coast yeah. they, they put out i tried those out and uh D, D people <laughs> I was like, why is it? So I was tip my tongue and no, it's gone. But uh, I decided to. Uh, Where'd you put your tongue? <laughs> uh, In the butter. I, I, I decided to check out more modules and everything, and I kept reading that Curse of Strahd was the popular one. I was like, I'll give it a shot. And then I found out about virtual tabletops. Actually, I didn't tell you, I ran Curse of Strahd twice. And none of them finished. <laughs> First one was on tabletop you simulator. You know how many times I've ran uh, Lost Minds of Phandelver? Mm. <laughs> at least, at least five. Uh, at least for me, five. it was only once. <laughs> You're lucky. Now they're releasing a whole campaign book around that. I don't really? Know yeah. Ooh. Coming out later next year, Phandelver gets its own campaign book. Oh shit! Its own adventure. Mm. Yes, we're going back to Phandelver. Where it all began. So, Justin, tell me, what's your favorite D&D &D memory so far in your whole <laughs> journey of sure. adventures? I got I got gotcha. you. It was when I was playing 4th edition. I was my uh, barbarian named Koa, and uh, it was the last session. Everyone knew, like, uh, uh, things happen with uh, people's lives. It's going to be the last session. We're just going to end it with uh, whatever we want to do in the game. So we made it a party. We gathered everybody around the towns and just made a whole festival out of it. And everyone rolled with certain things that happened throughout the party. I rolled to fight people or like a, a gambling brawl. I uh, rolled to see how hot women were and how many <laughs> women I took home with me. <laughs> and uh, how much I could drink uh, all these players out and all these... Uh, NPCs and I kept rolling high. There was nothing below a 17. I kept rolling high on everything. I'm like, I am having such a good time. <laughs> and then it came to the final thing. Uh, my DM was like, okay, just an overall thing about what how your uh, date night was. Just roll it. Everyone's rolling, oh, 14, 12, ooh, 18. It came to me like, oh, I had such a good time. And I rolled a nat one. <gasps> <laughs> So how many women did you really take home with you? So or were they really women? Here's what my DM made up. Orcs. Here's, here's orcs. what he made up. I wake up hungover, and uh, and the sun's beaming in my eyes. I'm like, oh, where am I? Where are my clothes? And I realize I'm on a boat in the middle of the lake, and I see the whole party laughing at me from across the shore. And then I'm like, what the hell? And I turn around. And the same guy I brawled and beat, who was bigger than me, was also naked next to me. And I was like, I see. <laughs> and all my equipment's gone. Oh, no. And I had to do the paddle of shame. Were you as the big whole spoon or little spoon? I think I was the little spoon. <laughs> the paddle of shame. But that was my favorite d, &D uh, moment because of how much fun I was having rolling and just seeing all the uh, outcomes that came out of it. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. So tell me, like, in all your D&D adventures so far, what's one thing that you haven't come across or that you're waiting for to happen or you're looking forward to happen? Whether it be, like, a monster that you want to fight or a story arc that you want to complete or something like that. Like, what's one thing in D&D that you hear about that you really want to happen? I got an answer for that. We all want to fight those big monsters. We want to find that epic artifact or something just 
uh, magnificent in D&D when you dig deep into the hole of the lore and the rules and whatnot. For me, the reason why I stay with D&D is the story aspect, the, the arcs in the story, the turns that it takes because of how we roll the die. I really want to have that moment when you go watch a certain adventure movie. I love adventure movies so much, and this is the ultimate adventure movie. My character will do something so inspiring or just says the right thing that famous movie would do that just sticks the out The thing so that well. lives in infamy, like when they're like, did you hear about Justin in the Technicolor Coat of Dreams? Did you remember when he said this? And then he, <laughs> then he did that epic thing. Like I'm just I'm just waiting for that one moment where everyone's jaw dropped and we're just like, damn, Justin, that was epic. I, as I feel shit. like that's happened a couple times at our table already. Mm-hmm. Like we've had some of those moments. Maybe not your moment, but we've had. <laughs> I may have painted moments. it in my head already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it kind of <laughs> like the overall hero? At least. Like with our campaign right now, I'm, we're we're all having our certain big bad guys. So we're gonna have our own moments. I feel like uh, when it comes to the downfall of our bad guy, we work together. Mm-hmm. But there's a personal vendetta or whatever thing that's gonna add to that for you as yourself as the character doing his or her story arc. There's definitely a lot of bad guys in our campaign. <laughs> Jesus, like I, I took a step back the other day and I looked at it and I was like, wow. <laughs> you guys hate a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people hate you. I'm not sure yet. Like this is crazy. So moving on, uh, Lucas, tell me what your favorite D and D memory is from all your journey. Ooh, uh, so it was a bit of a higher level campaign. Usually, you don't get into like the 11th level and 12th level area. Yeah, I've never been there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> most mo- most campaigns <laughs> fizzle out. Ten- 10th level get the shit out of here but <laughs> talking trash there we were uh we were in Waterdeep, and they had this city of the undead area and there was a necromancer right there's always a necromancer doing some kind of thing like rats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> necromancers uh, skeletons uh he had brought forth a red dragon as well and i to this point had never fought a red dragon the was, only was it a big one <sighs> it was an ancient an ancient Ooh. one the only problem was is that the necromancer also had my character's father. So we had to gather these three orbs that the necromancer wanted, and we were trying to keep it from him. But it was also what we needed to stop him. The necromancer really only needed one orb. You did it, didn't you? And he... You gave him an orb, huh? He reached out to me. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He, <laughs> he offered me what I had always wanted in a campaign was a moral choice. Mm. I wanted a character-defining choice of what would you really do in this situation. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <sighs> and our party was really close. And I didn't want to betray them, but at the same time... Were you ever Little Spoon? Uh, <laughs> so in that, com- in that campaign, I was a uh, changeling. So I... You were all the spoons. I was all the spoons. <laughs> I ended up slightly betraying the party. Oh. Slight betrayal. To see if I can get my father back, because my character had been building this up since we started at level five, and Wait, this, you guys started at level five. We did. We started That's fucking blasphemy. I know we didn't you start the typical say level one. That you ran an eleventh level campaign if you didn't start from level one. <laughs> so really, you're only level six. We would, mind, that's how it goes. We would never have made it there. If we started level one. <laughs> you fucking cheated. Ah, uh, 
what ensued was this absolute chaos of us having to fight a red dragon, but my party was trying to subdue me without killing me. So I didn't give the orb to the necromancer. The necromancer was bringing in more guys at the same time. And it was this absolute brawl of a situation of which I came to my senses. I've been with these guys for too long. These are my friends. I'll figure out another way to get my father. I got a new daddy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we killed the red dragon. We killed the necromancer. Unfortunately, they were both minions to a bigger, badder, evil guy. There's always oh, a bigger there's curtain. There's always a bigger fish, right? <laughs> and so, uh, yep. So I, uh, unfortunately, because you killed him too fast. The DM was like, you know what? Now I need somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, uh, that was, uh, when I was moving away from San Antonio. And so I did not get to continue, but I found out what happened at the end and they were TPK'd <gasps> against the actual big Ooh, bad guy. There's slime in there. Asshole mm. DM. They yeah. were level 16 <laughs> and, Ooh. uh, they were TPK'd, unfortunately. That shit happens wow. when you're level 16. <laughs> I remember when I was 16. <laughs> years of age not levels <laughs> never been 16 levels but i probably should have been tpk when i was 16 years age a couple times <laughs> now that you've told us your favorite D D memory what's one thing left on your bucket list for D D? like what's one thing that you want to happen in a campaign that you play in or that or that you think about and you're like when i play D D, I i want i want this this is how i, I really want to at some point take the the shadow support role of a party and i really want to lift up my party to the maximum ability and just stay in the shadows there's i don't need a storyline i don't need a big bad guy of my own i don't need any kind of goals and i want to be able to be there and help out every single person achieve what their character wants to be so that's like one of the big goals for myself of what i wanted to do in D and i just do you want to do what I do for a living and be a roadie. That's, that's <laughs> exactly what I do. Is, is, is that what it is? That's pretty much it. See, I think your definition Support of roadie and my definition of roadie are maybe two different things. Some people would call what he wants to do a prostitute, Justin. Oh, that too. You can go that route. <laughs> Pays more. Uh, I've heard it depends on how good you are. Well, the way you talk with that silvery tongue, who could fucking resist? <laughs> Power bottom. Power bottom. Power bottom. <laughs> Remember those inside jokes I was telling you about and silliness, <laughs> silliness when you give your players agency? Welcome to my nightmare. <laughs> Go ahead and That's tell really your fun. grandpas at home that you are a power bottom, everybody. <laughs> Listen, we talk about butter, we ask questions, <laughs> and we are the power bottoms. <laughs> hey. Definitely a group hey. name, for sure. <laughs> All right, to Diana now. And Pat. what's your favorite... <laughs> D and D memory. I know that your journeys haven't been as vast as these guys, but tell me, like, what's one memory that sticks out in your head? Is bar none. When I look back on it, this is my favorite part of everything. Not even to be cheesy, but really, our last session, I loved it so much. That's because she wasn't that drunk. <laughs> <laughs> she remembered it all. <laughs> she For was once. the star. <laughs> she We're did steal the show at the end of it. I'm not even. Gonna lie. She did. Thank that you. was epic. Thank you. Good job. Oh. Thank you so much. I was I was actually real proud the of that. The DM moment. is not usually surprised, but I was fucking shocked. <laughs> like what what'd you just do? Go ahead, tell us. No, like don't do that. The slightest <laughs> bit of background. I'm a I'm a three foot forest gnome who habitually collects things such as rocks and leaves and anything I can find. I'm tiny and friendly and I have a slight gambling problem. Welcome to We're Las still Vegas. talking about your character yeah, or <laughs> <laughs> and uh I also have a boyfriend 
who has recently been imprisoned. And I'm heartbroken over this. I also had my memories of home and how to get there taken from me. This is not my fault, by the way. <laughs> this is 100% the DM's fault. <laughs> <laughs> you guys rolled the dice. Just saying. So we we came up to this huge battle. How long were we in the battle? What, three hours? It was For like five hours. It was long. It was long. It was just, just the battle itself was the whole day. The we were looking at like 30 session. enemies out there. It, it yeah. was intense. You guys rolled those too. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was intense. I mean, 90% of us were close to death. I... I was very close to death. One character. I was very, <laughs> very, very dead. dead. Very dead. Just I, dead. I was down to cantrips. I died. Everybody. I had no spell slots left. I, it was. It was. There was an opportunity. Um, so let me paint the backstory yeah. real quick. So you guys went to this town and you're you're trying to liberate the people of this town. And there's an old old adventuring party that resides there, and they're kind of trying to help, or they gave you the facade that they were trying to help. And there was a Kanku Bard, which was like one of my favorite NPCs ever. Like, mm-hmm. Just saying. He offered to go with you on this on this journey where you guys went to this borough to find this druid warlord and talk to him about what he knows about these standing stones and stuff like that. But the the elves in the place are also hostile against the people in the village. When you talk about uh, battles and stuff like that, you guys were fighting the elves because they were pissed. So after you guys defeated the elves, there was uh, a chance where you guys were talking to the Kanku Bard. And the bard actually had been trying to drive a spike through the relationship of the wizard played by Lucas and the party itself. And he was making a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all didn't believe me. And I was right. Oh, I believed you. So then, okay. I'm glad you did. (laughs) And it's funny because I feel like our characters have this kind of tit for tat. You know, we... We go back. We have a great back and forth. There's, you mean, there's very much tip for tat. We, you mean we cast sleep on each other to drop each other into mud? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. So anyway, pick it up from there. The bard is yeah. trying to drive the spike between Tarek, who's the wizard, and the party and try to segregate them and split them up a little bit. And my character having a gambling addiction, um, I was kind of just playing with my dice in the tray as one does towards the end of a five-hour battle and i thought okay if i land on an odd i will do nothing if i land on an even i'm gonna go kill this bard you were making decisions <laughs> off yeah. the die like she yes. secretly yeah she yeah. told me that and i was like blown away when she told me right that. now i'm blown away by that wow so, so i i have fucking D and your unlimited fucking <laughs> chances so i i uh i rolled and i i told ben i said Oh, uh, hey, I want to talk to you. She seduced him. Not going <laughs> to lie. She seduced him. Hey there, Kenku. Come over here. I did. I said, um, I want to talk to you behind the tree real quick. And he said, all right. <laughs> all right, mate. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> Fuck this conversation. And he leaves. And I said, um, I get close to him. Yeah, your words were I stab him in the heart. And I... <laughs> I stab him in the heart. Literally. And I carve, I attempt to carve out his heart. And I just see, I see Brandon put his hands on his head and he's, what? Yeah. And he's shaking his head and everyone's, I, some people I saw that. I was jaw dropping. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Tarek was so vindicated in that moment. <laughs> My in best friend moment, has become my worst enemy has become my best friend. <laughs> right. In this moment, I really was not vindictive in any way. I wasn't that violent in any way. I mean, <laughs> firebolt everything pretty much. <laughs> I set the <it> down fire. <laughs> 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 
and and so I wanted to. I felt like my character had enough and was angry, and I thought, okay, how's Lamora gonna take out her anger? I feel like she's gonna stab this person in the heart, and I did. And and then what happened, Ben? Go ahead. Look what how happened? Paid off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Mind you, I'm close to death. What was I at? One I mean, hit like, point. Like two, I believe. Yeah. Like it was really. You were really I mean, close. I'm on I'm on save throws right now, but it was I'm. The the bard ended up being a Varak, which is a demon in in D and D terms, and she exposed the BBEG, the big bad evil guy. A session too early, but you know what? When players take <laughs> control and tell the best story. It ends up being even more climactic than you even (laughs) planned it. Oh, Ben had to stop and he said, hold on. And he actually left the table and ran upstairs <laughs> to go get his character to bring it down. He already printed out the character. <laughs> oh, like, oh, my so God. Fresh printout. <laughs> yeah. So there's there is actually like a, a red herring type. There was a tiefling in the village who was the leader of the party. And you guys thought that that and he was a blood mage. Mm-hmm. You guys thought that was the bad guy. And then all of a sudden it turns out the guy traveling with you the whole time ends up being the puppet master, the person pulling all the strings, which Tarek knew that the, they were bad. From the beginning, uh, Lucas Lucas's wizard Tark, but the fact that the bard was able to drive those wedges between the party, it just made that whole session. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, like this is probably the most quickest, easy flowing five hour combat I've ever played in my life. <laughs> where by the end of it, I was still into it, mm-hmm. even as a DM. And then on top of that, it was it was kind of cinematic. Like we had role play points inside the combat where it went really well. And there were so many different levels of this combat. There was vertical combat with mm-hmm. the birds. There was multiple enemy combats there was the hickey man the hickey oh man oh my god the <laughs> hickey man <laughs> get up off me <laughs> but there's a lot of different combats and then unfortunately one of our players justin's turtle barbarian did perish in the battle yep i died i got squished mm. yeah but that's what happens when the wizard vortex warps the turtle. Oh. we had a plan <laughs> oh. but i just want to say I, I need to defend myself i put a barbarian on top of a spellcaster. I don't know a better situation <laughs> that that could have been. And then I put Who the bear shaped. summons a treant. <laughs> yep, I had no idea you could do that. Then I put a wild shaped druid in bear form on top of the spellcaster. Oh, you did do that. I did. Oh, and I was right. like, man, solid. I got a barbarian and a bear <laughs> sitting on the spellcaster. I'm going to handle the rest of these guys while that's going on. And then I learned that my barbarian died. Oh. Yep. Pickle soup. <laughs> and what did you guys do? What are you guys trying to do? Okay, so I don't know. I don't yes. know about anybody out there that like whenever a player drops, like there's like this moment of like sympathy. Oh my god, and shock. Oh. <laughs> Bullshit. And then, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. There was a moment of that, Justin. And then there, all of a sudden, it turns loot the body. Yep. <laughs> what does he got? I want this. The biggest Give question. The, the biggest question was how big was the turtle's penis. <laughs> They so, needed to know. They so wanted, they, they, there was a whole plan for Lamora to infiltrate the shell. I really <laughs> wanted to get into his shell just to see what he was hiding in there. It was his <sighs> home. <laughs> exactly. It, it was like the Harry Potter tent. Exactly. You go inside and you're just having coffee and the master bed's on the other side of the room. <laughs> yeah. So Tarek's still figuring out his sexuality. And so he was like, man, I wonder what this is going to, you know, what, what emotions is this going to rise in me when I see this thing? 
Yeah, so a note to self again, DMs, when you give your players agency, you know what, they go to the craziest things, especially after a five-hour combat. I <laughs> really was just shaking my head in awe at the fact that they wanted to invade his turtle shell and loot his body and see how big his penis was. A five-hour battle and a couple drinks, and I'm ready to get into that shell. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes? <laughs> Tune in next week. Phrasing. <laughs> 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 Phrasing. <laughs> All right. Last question on the pre-funk for you is go ahead and, and we kind of already covered it, but Justin, tell me who you play in my campaign. Well, who you previously played in my who campaign <laughs> and, and your class you picked. Sure. So I was a turtle barbarian. He came from an island of all turtles and uh, he was sent out to find out what uh, this uh, sickness, this curse was coming from that was starting to seep into his homeland. He was sent to uh, just go and discover the source. And now somebody else has to discover yep. the source for him. <laughs> His people are gone now. <laughs> Lucas, tell me real quick, what, what character and class you play in the campaign? I'm playing Tarek. Uh, I, he is a multi-class uh, artificer and wizard. Um, very young, 18-year-old, and he was just thrown out into the world to discover it. But he was also part of the Order of Knowledge. Yeah, so uh, we developed the Order of Knowledge. He's part of the Collector Division. The world is dying, and so the collectors go out to try to acquire knowledge on why this is happening to see if there's a solution or not. All right, and Diana, who do you play in the campaign? I'm Lamora. I am a forest gnome, and I am a rogue fighter. I mean, I was a wizard. I still am, I guess, <laughs> but I'm really more of a rogue now because uh, someone put my man in jail. So. <laughs> Your man? <laughs> Whose man is it now? Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, Horbin made Tarek a man that night. <laughs> That's where power bottoms came from, friends. Horbin made you a power bottom. <laughs> yep. Yep. He uh, sure as hell did. <laughs> well, with all this steaminess going, I'm ready for what's on tap tonight, guys. Me too. Have a pint, take a break, and relax. It's my favorite part of the show. So tell me, boys, what's on tap? All right, so real life happens, and we have a substitute. Kate, welcome to Of Dice and Brews. Kate is also one of uh, our players at our group, and, and she's the newest D&D player at our table. She's actually very close with Justin. Very uh, close. <laughs> but, very intimate. <laughs> It's it's steamy in more ways than one here at this table. I'm glad you guys are closing the lights around me. Jesus. Wait till you find out when we get home. <laughs> so anyway, we have Kate stepping in. Deanna had to step away for personal reasons. Uh, hope to have her back on an upcoming episode. But right now, we still have a foursome. That was weird. <laughs> yes! Only if you make it weird. <laughs> Did we just touch tips? <laughs> I'm looking you straight in the eye. I don't care. I love your eyes. It's okay. <laughs> So Aren't anyway, beautiful, just beautiful oh. green. <laughs> They're like turtle diamonds. <laughs> so anyway, Lucas, tell us what we have on tap tonight. So it's tonight. We have Newtopia Cider spelled with a Y. Uh, it's going to be their uh, Pog edition. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pineapple, orange, and guava. It is a cider uh, and quite a strong one. It's six and a half percent alcohol. Yeah, we got six point five percent alcohol. I I do like the fact that it says. On the back, it says what it's supposed to smell like, what it's supposed to taste like, and what it looks like. That's pretty enlightening. So for the nose test, it says Waikiki Breeze. And for the palate, it's supposed to taste juicy and tropical. And the color is Sunset in Paradise. 
It also says the serving temp is 40 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. To be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not a big cider guy. We did have a cider before we started this. We were doing some pre-search, and we had a cider that Lucas brought with him, and, and that one was pretty good. This Pog edition is not one of my favorites, to be honest with you. First initial reaction, it is very in-your-face. Uh, if you're new to ciders, it's going to be really sweet for you. And uh, If you don't drink alcohol, you're going to hate it like Justin. Yeah, then, yeah, there's guys like Justin. Who don't, don't listen drink. to me, guys. This is not my field. Well, Justin was nice enough to do a taste f- for us. and, and Do and his traditional, I hate this face. I'm sorry. How many times have you seen him make that face? Every single time he tries anything that's alcohol. If I had to give my honest opinion about it, like if I just get past that alcohol taste, um, I, or me personally, vaguely tasted the fruitiness of just super vague. Okay. To be honest with you, like it really tastes kind of chocolatey to me. I don't know where you're getting the chocolate from. There's no. Maybe it's my IPA all. tongue that's completely ruined by bitterness and it has no sense of like taste and fruit. I'm getting strong pineapple flavor, but that also because pineapple is probably not my favorite. So that's why it's probably coming the strongest to me. I think we have different drinks because I'm getting vanilla <laughs> tastes out of this. <laughs> there you guys a switch to see. Just like in D&D, when you do theater of the mind, as a DM, you uh, describe a scene. There's four or five different perspectives. Yep. This is why we have a what's on tap because now we have four or five different perspectives on one thing. Ah, it comes full circle, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to keep drinking the Newtopia Cider Pog, but since we had a step in, I want to go back to the pre-funk kind of and interview Kate a little bit so you guys can get to know her and what she does and plays a part in our group. Kate, how long have you been playing D&D for? Um, so that would be since March. So that was when I met all of you guys and... I met Justin in February, and then he took me to the, I think it was the first or second session that you guys had, and after watching you guys just straight up bullshit almost (laughs) for an entire session, I was like making little snide comments and everything, and Ben was like, you know what, you might as well just join. (laughs) Yeah, she kind of like ponied up to the table, and she like sat right next to me, and I was like, okay, this is... If I was any less of a DM, I'd be like, you got to move, girl. Like, <laughs> you're making me uncomfortable. But she made herself quite a, at home, and she was more in tune to what the group was doing and what was going on in the session than most spectators are at, at even like a movie that they pay for. <laughs> so when when she was bringing stuff up at the end of the session about, like, how come you guys don't ask these questions? Or how come this isn't going? I'm like, you know what? Just roll up a character, and now you need to sit at the seat. <laughs> And ask these questions that these guys aren't asking anymore. So neither said, I think that was the second session because Deanna stepped in in the second session. We had one session together with the original five. Deanna was a part of the, the second session, which you were a spectator at. And by the third session, we had our full group of seven. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. That it is. Right. So you are really, really new to D&D. Very. I had heard about it, played, I think, maybe one session of Pathfinder, and it was awful. So I had kind of stepped away from D&D and then Justin was all like, you realize there's a difference between the two of those, right? Can you tell me, in your opinion so far in your D&D experience, there's three main pillars of D&D. There's the exploration part of it, there's the combat part of it, and then there's a roleplay part of it. So far in your experience as playing as Ren, which is our druid, what's your favorite? I would have to say the exploration part of it because, I mean, you are awesome at storytelling and everyone else just absolutely adds to it 
The combat is not my strong suit. I've gotten better at it since I can turn into a bear. But (laughs) (laughs) previous to that, I wasn't really sure what I was doing at all. So the exploration and the the role playing will probably always top it because everybody gets so into it. And I love how everybody is their characters so heavily, especially our Reginald. (laughs) yeah we have a very eclectic group of personalities at our table and nobody spares any expense when they're getting into their character that's one thing that i like about everybody even even down to kate who has little to no D &D experience plays her character so very well so you you guys (laughs) act how your characters in my mind would act so it's pretty remarkable to have that in other tables that i've been in you always have that those one or two people that are like i'm just here for the combat or you know what i'm just here for the loot i don't want to do that role play shit can we skip that stuff i've had people actually say that that's actually shocking to me because when i was talking to justin about whether or not i should join or you know just talking about it before he took me to this your guys second session he was like it's all about the story And that's what kind of drew me in. So it's really surprising that you had people say like, oh, can we skip all of that? It's like, uh, no, that's part of the adventure. For sure. Like that's, that's one of my favorites. So even at the zero session, when I sat down with Lucas and I sat down with Justin and and I sat down with Brandon and James and Kennedy, and we were talking about it, everybody had the same answer with was, Hey, look, we're here for the story. We're here to tell an epic tale. We want to go on an adventure, which was immediately like, okay, I can jive with you guys. Sometimes you can put up with one or two mid-maxers, power gamers. As long as they have that storytelling aspect into there, they're okay with it. When you get a whole, I kind of clash with a whole table full of power gamers. I'm like, you know what? This is not my gig. To be honest with you, like when we put you guys through that five-hour combat the last session, that's totally out of the norm for us. We've been together for almost six months now, and honestly, that's the biggest combat we've had. Usually they're pretty small. This took a whole session, but I also felt like it was time to shake it up so you guys could do what you your characters could, like push them to the max, see how well they do, and see what happened. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Kate wasn't with us. She was doing girl things. I was in Salt Lake City attending a graduation, okay? <laughs> uh, so I, I did tell everybody who you play, but go ahead and just reiterate like who you play in your class. And maybe your favorite part about your character as well. So my favorite part about my character is that I am in tune with nature, which I personally have always been that way. And I can turn into a bear, which is my favorite animal. D&D has had a surprising emotional effect on me as because this goes to how much of a great DM Ben is that he asked me (laughs) when he asked me about certain things to add to the story I added my grandfather, who I had lost um, when I was 15, into D&D, and it was an incredible thing to just add that to it. So my character is a, I think what we're on, class 5 now? Yep, level 5. <laughs> level five. And I, so I am a druid, and I went with druid because I feel a connection to nature or ju- nature just personally. So I was like, okay, that was the first one I was drawn to. I could turn into an animal. All right, let's... <laughs> Let's stick with that. The fact that I can turn into a bear is pretty, pretty great. But I chose a genasi, um, an earth genasi, because I thought it was really cool how they can, just their special abilities, how they can walk on uneven ground and they can walk just totally naturally. Me, who in real life slips and falls over everything. So it was nice to kind of have that opposite. 
with my character as well as the certain things that I would like to be because I mean she's a warrior she has all of this different kinds of knowledge and magic which I think everybody wishes they could use magic isn't that the best part of D&D is when you create these characters and you take parts of yourself that you wish you could thrust forth Mm -hmm. and actually overexert those and make those your strengths when in real life they might be your weaknesses or your flaws i think that's the best part about this is stepping outside your own skin and saying like hey let let me do this and see how it feels because then maybe in real life you can step back and be like okay well if it didn't feel that bad in the game if there was no consequences per se or i couldn't handle that interaction with other people at the table Maybe it won't be so bad in this circumstance either. It's really more of an emotional experience than people really think, which, you know, someone who's never played D&D is just blown away by. Obviously, if people have played D&D for many years, like a lot of our group, they're obviously already aware of that. And of course, because of, you know, Stranger Things coming out, everybody's giving D&D a chance, and I'm very excited about that as where, you know, other people in D&D may be kind of like, oh, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon and we liked it before it was cool, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, just like everything else, you're going to find you're going to find those gatekeepers with yep. everything. It's it happens in music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it happens in D&D. It happens with uh, books like Lord of the Rings. Oh, <laughs> the books are those <laughs> gatekeeper. I mean, we could get into a whole conversation about that, but in reality, it is an amazing thing and i mean just can justin can attest to this i've been working my new job where it will be anywhere between you know eight to ten hours a day and i'm exhausted but coming to D is a total rejuvenation because it is not only fun but you get to like live out this other life because in D, it's not like there's bills or jobs <laughs> which is oh, probably you another wait just thing. wait <laughs> <laughs> Taxes are coming. (laughs) (laughs) The piper. Where's my gold? (laughs) Brandon brought this up to me the other day. Like we haven't had any kind of shopping experience. We haven't at all. Brandon is our dwarf. In case nobody introduced who his character was. Shopping can take an entire session. It sure can. But the fact, especially with me, who's a real life shopaholic. Well, you guys got thrown out of that town pretty quick. We, we could have done we any shopping. We keep being thrown out of towns very quickly. What are you talking about? It, it's only been one I so far. So far. Come on, get happy hour. <laughs> what, what, what goes into your mind when you create characters? For the happy hour, we're going to talk character creation. But as in typical Dice and Bruce fashion, we have to roll initiative to see who takes the question. So Justin, go ahead and roll that poof out red dice. Fucking fat ass dice. Ooh. I got nine. Lucas? The two. The two. I love how those springs are Kate? Come on, natural 20. Let's go. 18. 18. Let's, let's Wait, see. my bonus. Let's <laughs> see what the forever DM gets. Um, and, um, make a jiggle jiggle and roll. Well, 17. Oh. <laughs> Kate, I know you only created one character, but you've had to have the itch to see what other kind of characters you can create and thought about. So when you sit down to create a character in your next character, would you start with race or would you start with class? Well, when I created Ren, I create I started with class because 
it was very because I mean you had these certain amount of classes that you had to pick from so I thought that was a good place to start so I think moving forward I would probably pick race first just because there's the characteristics that go into that and then there's certain classes that are made for that race do you have an idea like what next race or class you would want to play now that you've played like a half kind of melee half spellcaster would you lean one way or the other Honestly, I'm not sure because I lean towards the druid still the most. I just feel like that that's the most me, even though Justin's like, girl, step out your side your skin. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I do do that to her. He does because, I mean, in his own characters, he's had a barbarian. He has a bard. What else have you had? I'm trying to remember right now. So, actually. I mean, so other people have had different kinds. So because this is my first character, I feel very, you know, attached to it absolutely I you mean, know what my first yeah. character that i ever created was in a pathfinder campaign and i poured my heart and soul onto this dude exactly so that's exactly how i feel about my character as well so the idea of being a different character kind of throwing me off a little bit but maybe i would want to be either a fighter or a rogue if i had to choose something different girl good job <laughs> <laughs> lucas when you sit down to create a character do you start with class or race? Uh, I definitely start with class. Why is class so important? I have played every class in the game except sorcerer. Okay, show off. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just not a fan of the sorcerer class, but it really comes down to how I am feeling. Um, particular time. It's all about it, the feels. It is. So like my table right now, I play a wizard, but everybody thinks I should play a bard. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I hold really on. can't wait to see you as a bard. That's going to be great. <laughs> to piggyback on that question, then, does the type of campaign determine which, for all you guys, like does the type of campaign determine which kind of class or race you kind of lean towards? Well, for me, because I was so new to it and I had come in on your guys' second, I, second episode, I really didn't know what kind of campaign I was going into. So that's kind of, so that that's because you didn't have a zero session. Exactly, zero sessions are important. Exactly. So for someone not coming, for someone not having that zero session, I would say that no, that didn't affect my character at all. It just more felt what I was drawn to. Perfect. <laughs> for me, absolutely does not correlate to what the campaign is. I am making a character how I want to make it. You as a DM are throwing me into this new world, accepting how I made it, and I just roll with it and like that. So, but the campaign has no say in the character creation for me. Uh, the campaign has a lot of say for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just to go against the grain of everybody else here. Oh, okay. I like to have constraints. So, like if if the DM's like, "Hey, listen, I'm sorry, warlocks are really frowned upon in this area. They aren't really a thing. Mm, I, I probably will not." want to build a warlock at that I point. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I can okay, see that. So yeah. this is where I'm going to say, as the forever DM, I hate when, when DMs say, you can't do I know, this. I know. I don't think that, listen. There's just the, there's the good and bad of each group, right? Good players, bad players, good DMs, bad DMs. <laughs> not, uh, I just don't understand why anybody would want to constrain their players when they tell the best story. As the DM, you kind of want your players invested in in your story you want them to collaborate with you if they have an idea if they have a place if they're like i couldn't okay so here's the thing it's like i couldn't imagine my five-year-old coming to me and be like dad i did this this and this and this and it was such a great day and blah 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 i'm like yeah but you know what emma we don't do that but it was still allowed within the parameters that she was given in that space so what i'm saying is 
warlocks are a class in this game. You should allow warlocks. But instead of, no, you can't, it should be like, okay, you can play a warlock, but guess what? You're going to have to be uber sneaky about it because warlocks are frowned upon in this area. So you really don't know what's going to happen if they catch you if you are a warlock. But at the same time, you can play a warlock. But how much does that heighten the player character to play that warlock in a, in a way to where they hide the fact that they're a warlock? I feel like that pushes them forward and into the spotlight and be like, I have a secret now. Well, Dude. and it's kind of like uh, in our campaign how we have the whole unregistered magic users thing and we have two unregistered magic so users. Everybody but Tarek is unregistered. <laughs> hey, I have and Everybody but Tarek okay. can cast spells except for the deceased R.I.P. Darut. <laughs> So the so we have so we already kind of have that and it's not like you said okay any unregistered magic users we can't have that around here you know yeah but we also had that that frightening experience where you guys met the mistress and you guys saw what happened to unregistered right. magic users mm-hmm. also with Horbin the so-called boyfriend <laughs> otherwise known as daddy <laughs> <laughs> we saw him cast and he was an unlicensed uh, magic user and we saw him cast and then be hauled away by the hearthbringers yep. So we've seen consequences. That's why I don't like when DMs kind of put restraints on their campaigns. If you have, to me, if it's in a book, it's written in a, in a wizard's officially licensed product. It's been play tested. It's some combinations can be broken. Yes, I understand. But at the same time, if your players aren't invested in your game, if you are gatekeeping your own campaign from your players, how much fun are you really having? To me, you're not having a lot of fun. You know how, Lucas, you were saying like your one of your, your D&D memories or, or one of the things you want to do or roles you want to fulfill is to lift your party up. The role of the DM underlying is to lift the party up. It's my job to make sure that you guys have the best time because honestly, the story that I'm trying to tell is your story. All I'm doing is taking what you guys give me and boosting it up on a platform and being like, have your moment. Whose moment is it today? Do your shit. And that's one thing on my journey as a DM that I've learned because I used to fucking pigeonhole all my players and like, no, you can't be that. Remember that guy we we played that? Oh yeah. That's the DM that I was at one point. Really, I can't see that. You have to separate yourself from your content, DMs. Don't take offense if your players kill your BBEG in one hit. Just build a better BBEG. <laughs> you can't become too attached to your content. So it's it's never no. It's yes, but. In my opinion, <laughs> do you guys always? I mean, Kate, like this is a this is a hard conversation for you to come into, but I want to know your thoughts on this as well. And you kind of already hinted at it, but do you guys always play the same type of characters, like a trope, or are you guys versatile? Like Kate, what your next character? You said you'd probably lean to that that druid aspect again and kind of be into that. The best part about druid is like there's many different subclasses, so you can kind of lean different ways and do mm-hmm. different things. What are you feeling? Like, how would you go about your next character? Do you feel like you'd play a druid again? Is that like a guaranteed? I definitely do want to play a druid again, but at the same time, I don't want to limit myself because I have seen some really cool things come upon. And I mean, it like the how you had changed Dana's character from being a gnome <laughs> to a rogue. That was pretty amazing. And now she can do Wh- just be more about Wizard that. to a rogue. 
wizard to me. Yeah, she was she, still a gnome. She's still a gnome. Yeah. <laughs> she was okay. still a gnome. I know what she's saying. Thank you. <laughs> so she went from a wizard to a rogue because that was her play style. Yep. It's still pretty new to this game as well. So like the way she was playing, I was like, hey, how do you think about this? And and that's kind of what basically going back to the open DM stance. Like, man, I know you wanted to play this. I know you thought yourself as this, but like you're kind of leaning towards this. Make those exceptions for people. Let them do that. Also, I know we have secrets at this table <laughs> between two of you, and I don't want to spoil those secrets because... Secrets don't make friends, guys. <laughs> <laughs> secrets make amazing stories. Yes, they, they do. fucking yeah, do. Right. <laughs> so I don't want to ruin those yet, but I, I mean, like, like I said, you guys are my lifeblood. Like, I'm not telling the story by myself. I'm just the kind of like counteractive, productive peacekeeper here like and all i, I do that's is make sure why all of us as a group mesh so well because you give us that freedom to be everything that we want to be in our characters i mean how many different times has reginald come up with a whole new thing for his character i can't wait for y'all to meet reginald yeah reginald's a character he, he is, is amazing so good so you definitely like want to branch out and, and that's good. I, I, I think that's, I don't want to awesome. limit myself because it's so many amazing things, but at the same time, the connection to my character that I currently have and the qualities that she has is really strong. But like we were saying, it's that first character thing that gives that attachment. Yeah. It's kind of like a sibling, you know, like, or a pet, <laughs> like you nurture it, you feed it, you water it. If you're a druid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I think I know your answer to this, but for me, uh, I definitely play into the trope. I played Barbarian as my first character. I love Barbarian. I always Hence wanted to be Barbarian. Hence why I got him a shirt that says, I would like to rage. It's too perfect. But I've been branching out, and I've had plans to branch out for a while now, and this is the campaign where I'm finally doing it. Watch out. He's spreading his, his axes. <laughs> Ooh. He's throwing them now. He's not just swinging them. Lucas, you. I <laughs> I play many characters. Yes, you do. I uh, knew that was going to be your answer, which is why it was good that you were in this, just so that we, they could have a difference of opinion. Because <laughs> I feel like everybody sticking to a trope is pretty common. I play everything. I have different accents for characters. But I, I have a dislike to play characters that are similar to myself. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. I, I don't like playing... For me, D and D is is a whole different world, right? I don't want to come to D and D and play a big six foot four barbarian guy because that's okay. Show off. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to play a fighter. I don't want to be washboard. Backwards hat, tough sticking out of my head. <laughs> I, I don't want to play the overly muscular guy. I don't want to play the oh, guy who comes okay. in as fighter and he's leading the party. I do that stuff in real life, and it, I come over here and I like to play the bookworm wizard. You know, That's who you truly are, okay? I, I am. I like to play the... Uh, Batman or Bruce Wayne? <laughs> Alfred. <laughs> yes, no, seriously. The bookworm wizard is totally... Calendar man. <laughs> uh, you know... Oh, a lot of people are like you like that. Just uh, they're, they're escaping to do something new. Well, we were talking about different. that earlier where you branch different parts of your personality and things that you wish you could do like magic for me I do in D&D because I can't do that in real life unfortunately. Speak yeah. for yourself. <laughs> I have magic every day. For okay. me, 
I do like to throw myself into my characters. I want, because when I play this game, I'm always imagining myself in there because I want to be transported there. I, if I got the portal, uh, I, I choose playing the game versus the real thing. Bye, guys. No, really. <laughs> and it was also, like I had mentioned earlier, it was a cool way for me to, because uh, I had been missing my grandfather a lot lately, so it was kind of nice to bring him into, bring him into what we're doing now because I've since joining have become so passionate about it it's been truly amazing to me the idea of putting myself into my characters is another way to either you know deal with things that are really hard to deal with in real life or you know find a new way to handle it or you know just bring something back that means a lot to you I mean in a way it's just easier for me to relate to my character because uh making a character that's just not me is just hard like the consequences of saving him and whatnot and or uh, letting him die it's just a okay they're gone bye-bye or versus how Drew it was um i haven't mentioned it but like i am devastated <laughs> i think finally I, you I'm, mentioned some I'm emotion about this too. instead of joking about it <laughs> i i think joking is a coping mechanism though no a hundred percent it absolutely is and i hate you all for making no, a joke i wanted Darude's to see death. the end of the root story and i will gotta still, see we're still a different way now the end, yeah it's gonna be a different way i'm kind of with lucas on this like i play me in real life i don't want to play me in, in a game <laughs> it's all about your perspective i really well all no, that's personality but here's the thing is like i find that even though you're playing somebody different eventually you become attached to that character that a little bit of yourself bleeds over into that character regardless of if you wanted to or not your morals and your values even though you can try to separate yourself from your characters and you say you're going to play something different when those heartstrings start to get pulled on or something sensitive or emotional or a situation or somebody you've been fond of like something comes into question you immediately revert back to yourself in those vulnerable situations like a death of our favorite turtle (laughs) (laughs) anything like that you just it's just like real life and i think that's why this game hits so hard for so many people and why it's ultimately a lifestyle as opposed to just a game or even just a hobby or even just a hobby so much more you become emotionally attached and emotionally involved no this group is my family you know like y'all are staying with me till we die (laughs) (laughs) And I, I feel the same way. Like, I'm right there with you. Like, there's, I have a Washington family. I have a Las Vegas family now. Like, I, I definitely consider you guys my family. You guys are a part of my life. We talk so we, emotional here, and I'm here for it. We talk <laughs> we talk daily in a group chat, and it doesn't necessarily always about D&D. No. No, lately it's been a lot about fantasy football. You guys suck. <laughs> yeah, but the, I think you should be honored the fact that <laughs> oh, we still want to be in the chat with you guys while we talk about fantasy football. <laughs> sure. It just lets you into your brother's lives. Uh-huh. about this other side of us that's not just nerdy and dirty. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, so fantasy, fantasy football's chat. not nerdy and dirty, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's not as nerdy and dirty as Dungeons & Dragons. I would prefer Dungeons & Dragons over fantasy football. Thank you very much. So would I if I had to pick one, honestly. But, <laughs> okay, then. But I don't have to pick one, so guess what? <laughs> I'm going to do them all. One day we'll have a D&D fantasy football league, so just oh, so you well, know. Oh, you know. I mean, I could see that being pretty cool, actually. I Don't might worry, get we'll that. do fantasy shopping. Don't worry. Yes! <laughs> I can't wait for a shopping day. Oh, it's going to be good. No, I could see Where did Darude's money go? <laughs> I need that money back. I'm going to the bookshop, and I'm going to shop books all day I long. I will go with you as well. <laughs> so when you guys 
plan your characters or come up with new characters, do you guys plan them out for the long term, like levels one through 20, or do you guys live in the moment and plan them as they level? Oh, in the moment. I do it in the moment just because I wouldn't, because I'm so new, I wouldn't know how to plan further. Lucas, really? Opposite end? (laughs) This was really good for the episode, though. Okay, don't give him too much crap. It's really good for it, though. I love it. I love it. I... I invest a lot in my characters, and I usually have their backstory built to plan into the long term of the campaign, and I have a whole I route get, planned out for you them. Give me, you definitely have inspired me to want to have more of a backstory for my character, because your characters, like, Ben can ask you anything, and you have an answer, and I yeah. want that as well. I, you know, I, I built an entire wizard order. Uh, <laughs> I built a whole family line in the capital city. I had a whole lot of... Plans. And I took it away. Yep, and it took it all away from me. But, uh, no, I definitely plan for the long term with every character I play. Even and the leveling? Even the leveling. Okay, so you're thinking about that. Generally, the leveling is that there's always things that happen in your D&D campaigns that are going to throw a wrench in the plan. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, this like big... Like losing your mom. Yeah, like losing my, my, you know, Tarek's mom. I do not remember her. So now, Tarek may go warlock. Oh, to be God. extra emo. Please, no. Uh, I, so, it, a little bit of backstory. It would kill me for you to be evil. It would hurt my soul. <laughs> a little bit of backstory for this is when he's talking about losing his mom, like, I I thought it would be really cool to have, like, a mental combat as opposed to a physical combat. Which so, I did I did like. Although it was scary and terrifying, it was still a very cool idea that I would not have thought of. So props to you, Ben. <laughs> so we had a couple. We had all the women in our group, which are three of them. We had women in our group absent from a session. So we had a complete sausage party. Wiener party. Woo woo. And it was fantastic. It was like hanging out with the boys. Ouch. It was like playing <laughs> fantasy football. <laughs> Gee, thanks. But at the same time, we did miss you guys. So I was like. You missed the titties in the group. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. No comment. <laughs> Save yourself. You got the forever DM speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you. You're welcome. <laughs> so anyway, like I had this whole session planned out and then all the girls in the group bailed and I was like, okay, now I need to come up with a one shot pretty much for forwarding the group. But at the same time, we can play D&D. But at the same time, let's throw something else in. So I had them go on this journey where they, the girls in the group were coerced by a phenomenon, so to speak. An enemy of ethereal being. The Dream Whisperer, as I called him. He didn't really thrive on a physical combat as much as a mental combat. When the guys actually found the girls, and as they were lured off into the woods and tried to get them back, the Dream Whisperer didn't want to fight them. He wanted, in exchange, them to sacrifice memories for each of the ones in the party. So then I had them roll on a d6, and depending on the result of the dice, is what kind of memory they sacrificed. Lucas, unfortunately, rolled that his significant memory of loss was his loved ones. One specific person that he loved more than anything in, in the world. Was his mom. Was was his mom. Such a sweet moment. And then now it's changed him so, forever and we hate it. <laughs> Tark went and Lucas being the dynamic role player that he is went from being this uppity, jovial. Curious. Curious. Innocent sometimes. Innocent. <laughs> 18 year old wizard exploring the world to Spider-Man 3 emo female. Peter Par- Pino Parker <laughs> embodied, embodied. <laughs> he even 
does he even changes his hairstyle to he reflect that. He even does the hair flip. <laughs> I do. Uh, it just shows that you know when your DM tosses you something new, like that changes the whole direction. I have I had a whole direction for Tarek, but then he, you know what? You don't remember your mom. So now we had a. 18 year old boy who had no memory of any loved ones in his entire life he had to raise himself uh, 2005 <laughs> you know? so he's really playing that almost hopeless individual who doesn't care about anything somewhat doesn't care somewhat doesn't you're care you're pretty emotional still <laughs> and he he's experimenting now and <laughs> He doesn't have the morals way. that his mother instilled into him, you know? Which is very concerning for me because, as previously mentioned, it would kill me if you became a warlock. I would hate for you to become evil because of this. No, oh, I think, I think that's depends. classist. Yeah, okay, warlocks aren't always evil. Yeah, it just depends on the patron. Yeah, but honestly. you would be planning for it to be evil. Well, I know. He's already playing with blood magic. So. Exactly. That's why I know that's the direction <laughs> you'd be going. So I'm terrified for you to go to that direction. I'm hoping... Your memory is restored before any lasting damage is done. I'm hoping. Do you like to start at level one or do you like to start further off in your hero's journey? It depends for me. It depends. I like to be there from the beginning, but like I said, this is my only character, so I can only use that. But I would want to be there. For to be honest step. with you, you've never been there. No, yeah. Since the beginning. Yeah, no, technically no, but. <laughs> I like that about you, though. I like that you're in on this conversation. Now, certain times, uh, starting at level one, strictly for like uh, just starting the story of these characters is great for me. Other times, I feel like, depending on where the campaign is, let me get rolling on what features I have with my level three character. I think the only downside to level one is the fact that not all classes get their subclasses of level one mm -hmm. that's the only downside in my opinion but i will stand fast and steadfast at my morals that everybody should start at level one <laughs> that's where the groundwork lays <laughs> the way you said I, you know <laughs> i i've heard i don't know if you've heard this before there's this uh, guy i saw online uh he started his characters at level 20 oh and just, just to see what would happen and they had a blast, apparently. That's called a one-shot. Yeah, that's called... <laughs> they, 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 you know what? I'm going to blow this campaign up. You know, but I also thought about opening campaigns at level 20 and then having like a TPK or, or was that a false Hydra? I love those. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you wake up at level one. So that, almost, that works. Yeah. Almost like you have a glimpse in the future of what, what, what you, you could can become. Be. Yeah. And then you have to go. The only problem with this is, is like you'd have to end that on a cliffhanger like so hard because you're like... Hey, come to my table with level 20 character. You can't tell them to make a level one character at the same time because then they're like, well, what the fuck is up with that? So you got to kind of end it at a cliffhanger and be like, okay, you wake up at level one. Now make your level one characters. And that kind of campaign is definitely for experienced players. Throwing someone. That's the other yeah. thing. It's like you have to have a table full of fucking people that are like, yeah, like Lucas, like they plan their characters out till 20. I do not do that. I like to live in the moment and mm -hmm. go with the campaign. Yeah, I would have no idea where Ren would be because, I mean, much as in life, going to try to get a little deep here, much as in life, you don't become who you are without the experiences and I things to love back you, it Kate. up. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you have one new player at your table, always start at level Thank Always. You. Yeah. If you have a table full of players who played for a couple of years, I think level three is the sweet spot. Three is, yeah, I agree. Three is a sweet spot. Going higher. No, five is like I the want max you guys, as a DM, I always start my campaigns at level one. Just be prepared That's for that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's just fine. saying. 
But I always got, want you guys to fill that level one threat of death. Like, obviously, we didn't experience our first player character death until level five. Shit. But I God want... I There is nothing worse of a feeling than being level one and having high aspirations for your character and all of a sudden some piss-ass little fucking goblin comes along <laughs> and fucking murders you <laughs> outright and you're just like fuck well, that then. guy <laughs> you mean like a, a level one wizard with six hit points and some rats show up <laughs> you're, Get away. You're, you're still here at level five uh hanging on <laughs> <laughs> like a totally different character now <laughs> but uh, you know we're Tarek there. has gone there and back again <laughs> for those lord of the rings fans <laughs> <laughs> really though and then there was darut who was supposed to save his people and now has left it to his two favorite people to finish the job for him two favorite people my whole being one of them yes no, me and Reggie. I thought he was. In, thought, All of you were my favorite people. I thought he was in on Horbin too. No, 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 no. That was behind the scenes. <laughs> he shared his shell with him. Oh God. Horbin, Horbin was that one NPC that got through the whole party. Uh-uh. Take that back. I did not have any of Horbin. He didn't meet you at the beginning. <laughs> he didn't meet you at the beginning. He would have had you too. Bet. <laughs> I was holding out for one turtle. In your experience, do you consider character creation you one of your favorite parts of D, or do you fit chalk it up to a chore like is character creation something you look forward to or is it like oh, man, i think i just want to really play fun. the game i think it's really fun but you know I, i've only ever made one character but i i and really enjoyed it especially going and like figuring out what my character was going to look like on D beyond and actually making a visualization of that character and then you making the 3d print was awesome I know most people are not going to get that opportunity. Another reason why Ben is a great DM, because we get our own little guys. <laughs> it was a lot of fun for me to come up with like what I wanted and what I didn't want out of the character, what I wanted them to look like, and the attributes and the morals that I wanted them to have. Piggybacking on that, the one other thing that I don't like about this PDF is the fact that they took away ideals, bonds, and flaws. I love that. They did. <laughs> I don't like that they part. They did, right. I don't like that part. I hated those. I thought they were useless. <laughs> For no, me, not those. Are, those are the things that you develop in your campaign, in my opinion. I'm half I mean, half on those. That. I could see that. I'm half half because only if you start at level one. There are some of those that I liked a lot uh, when you couldn't figure out something, but on the other side, I'd rather just pick it out myself. Especially the flaws. I always skipped what they had. I'm like, no. Uh, well, here's it's the like thing: mine, is like, mine is on flaws that I can't go on boats. I, I'm like, okay. I always no, pick my own flaws. I, for my I character. agree with that. Like, I think that needs to be built into this like custom background generator, though. Like, pick your flaws. I, we all have flaws. As human beings, we are a flawed species. Extremely. When you overcome your flaws, just like I was saying in a previous episode to combat or confront a problem ahead of you you're a hero how the hell do you stare danger in the face when it's your biggest weakness or flaw and overcome that you you are the fucking hero who are you without flaws your flaws are part of you i could never play DD without a flaw i could never do it i'm not gonna be yeah lucas how do you play DD without a flaw I'm not saying play without it right i'm saying is that your flaws are going to be developed in your gameplay how you and I have like some background messages, right? You you kind of ask certain questions to try to develop some things. And I developed a flaw for my character in that 
Tarek being in this 18-year-old wizard out in the world, he has developed a massive fear of werewolves. It is like one of his biggest fears that werewolves are going to come out of the woodwork and just kill him. And so like he hears a howl and there was a session where there were some wolves that I thought were werewolves and I was role playing the hell out of it that I was scared to absolute death of these werewolves. And guess what? I'm sure that me developing that flaw in the game flow, if I all of a sudden, you know, conquered that fear, got past it and killed those werewolves, yeah, I'm a hero for the moment. I'm still scared of those who cut in werewolves. I guess but. that all depends on how you play because I I couldn't do that. I have I for me playing D&D, I wouldn't be able to figure out what my flaws were throughout playing. I would have to know them prior. That's just how I play. It's kind of I understand what you're saying. Me too. But it's also kind of random at the same time. Like you can pick anything at any given moment and mm-hmm. be like, "Hey, that's my flaw. That's what I'm going to do." And I Jesus <laughs> and I, I understand that part and that's cool because it's kind of like what Diana was talking about earlier is like I was just playing with my dice set and I rolled and then I stabbed the dude in the heart based on a roll. The whole game is based on a roll. Life is based on chance. Life is based on perhaps moments or encounters. I understand that. But I'm kind of with Justin on this is like I, if I don't have something predetermined that kind of offsets what my character flow is going at as a flaw, then it kind of like throws me off because then you got to get in those, those modes where you're like, Hey, look, I don't have anything predetermined. So I'm kind of like an invincible juggernaut. Nothing scares me, <laughs> but I also don't like the pre-generated flaws. I mm-hmm. like to come up with my own shit. Mm-hmm. The pre-generated but, flaws didn't make any sense to me. Cause obviously I'm so it can new for to some this. People, well, no, w- when you were kind of trying to help me make my character and explain, she's on them. a boat pre-generated flaws i was like what because my real life flaw is i'm terrified of spiders i can kill them but like chamber of secrets is my worst nightmare <laughs> i thought that was an iguana that, that was a star wars thing right <laughs> no you jerks <laughs> nanu nanu <laughs> but um for me throwing in the flaws and even to the dm my favorite thing when they, it gets used for you, you, you were saying uh, you overcome it. For me, it's when like, oh, they're on a brick wall now because uh, I remember uh, a, a Your simple trope with Koa. a barbarian with my Koa the barbarian, my first uh, character. He couldn't read, and the party was about to be TPK'd, and there was one thing that needed to happen, and I was the only one near the book, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over there like. It says water, damn it! (laughs) (laughs) That's what I love about it. I love that kind of shit where it fucks everything up. Introduce a little chaos into your campaign. (laughs) Well, you know, Tark was invincible until he forgot his mom. (laughs) That was a flaw that was just discovered. Uh, uh That just came out of nowhere. And Drew was alive until your vortex worked him. (laughs) Which is frustrating because I know what his ultimate goal was as Darut, which he never got to do because of dying. Have, be with Horbin. No, no. I feel like that's a common party goal. Do you want to tell them what your ultimate goal was? No, don't tell us. Mm-mm, it's a oh. secret now. But you're dead. He'll Why? die with him. The camp. He can share it on the after party when we all after this campaign's over and we go back and when we, y'all join me. This, camp, yeah. this campaign's gonna end. What? Well, we gotta start Why? a new one eventually. No, eventually. we don't. 
No, we don't. Maybe maybe somebody else DMs. Maybe somebody no. else. <laughs> or maybe we go into space. <gasps> no, you already said you prefer to be a DM over a player. <laughs> I'm okay with DMing. Or maybe Lucas takes up the DM. But, but there's that, that fun part of being a player. If you've been a DM for the longest time, being great at the it, only, or be whatever uh, here's, about the, it. here's the thing is like, I'm sorry to cut you off, Justin. Okay. I apologize. The only problem with me being a player is like, okay, you want you want to DM Lucas and and Lucas has already tried. We had some <laughs> breakdowns in our other uh, in our other group, but Lucas has already tried to DM and well he's he has DM'd for one session. My goal as a player is to give you as much chaos as I possibly can. Oh wow! Just to feed into that. He was digging through trash the very first session, <laughs> trying to find clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's it's better when you start at level one. <laughs> that being said, starting at level one is like how deep can a level one character be? Backstory, how much prep should you put in to a level one character? Very uh I think it, it depends on the person because obviously Very dependent Lucas is gonna go leaps and bounds to know his character backwards forwards upside down in every way you can think of whereas you know justin's gonna kind of fly with the seat of his pants <laughs> i'd say oh you, you distracted me with that <laughs> justin's always flying by the seat of his pants yes no he really is <laughs> um god damn it i forgot what i was gonna say god <laughs> if i told you as a DM, like, hey, I'm starting up a new campaign. Your backstory need no longer be than a paragraph. Would you feel offended or delighted? Uh, Coming from you? Okay. No problem, boss. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would feel neutral because I would give you that paragraph, but I would have so much more prep that you have no idea. So when you ask me that question, <laughs> like, hey, what else do you have? I'd be like, oh, well, let me tell you what else I have. <laughs> I'm kind of in the middle part of me wants to ha- wished i would have ma- done more preparations for my character but then part of me has really enjoyed kind of coming into that character as i'm coming into D, so it kind of matches all of the motions that are going with it i feel like uh lucas's paragraph would be like a run-on paragraph where it's like <laughs> two pages it, no periods right. <laughs> if i remember right because you only you asked this for like a little less than a page yeah. and i think i gave you more than that which doesn't surprise me at all, and I love you for that. <laughs> and developed a wizard order for you. Going back to You're that welcome. question, you how you deep you can say? go into level one depends on uh, the kind of player you want to be. Because as a what I looked up when I was trying to DM for the first time, and then as I played through, you do this already. How does the player want to have fun? Do they want to be super simplistic? Do they want to get super in depth. That was the one and thing all that in he between. explained to me at first when it came to D&D was he asked me, he was like, okay, how do you have fun? What is the way that this is going to be fun for you? And I, I really didn't know how to answer until we got into it. But then later he would keep asking me, are you having fun with this? Or is there more or less things that we should do? That kind of thing. So, I mean, you know, thankfully for all of us, we all seem to mesh really well and all have fun in the same way. No, for sure. This this group thrives on one another, and I feel like there's... We're buddies. <laughs> we are definitely buddies. To answer my own question, like, I don't... I guess it just depends on the campaign, and it depends on what the DM's asking from you, because I know there's been certain situations where I've been a part where I'm like, 
only give me a paragraph or sometimes like you get one memory. Yeah, I've run campaigns where I'm like, you don't know, you forgot everything. You wake up in an amnesia state and there's only one memory that you have. So it kind of just depends on what the direction of the DM or what kind of campaign they're kind of trying to approach you with or portray. The other thing is this you can get really deep on level one characters and it can be all for naught. There's nothing worse than investing so much time into fleshing out a character at level <laughs> Drew, one. Drew. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, hey, he lasted till level five. My first character died at level one, okay? <laughs> and he was, man, I had this, he was like a necromancer sorcerer. And he had this, this is when we were playing Pathfinder still. And I had uh, this big wooden base for him. And a mini painted, and then I had a mini painted for when he got to level five. And I had magnetic places on the base where his minions were. It was like a whole diorama piece, and the motherfucker died at level one. Do you know what that's like? <laughs> I don't want to. Devastating. Know. No, I don't know what that's like. That's not good at all. That's because you guys have a forgiving DM. <laughs> <laughs> oh. One more question. Well, actually, two more. But we're actually we're gonna skip that one. So one more question. Where do you get your inspiration for your characters' personalities? Is it a side of you that's hyper-focused or something that's totally different from yourselves? So I kind of already answered that. So because this is my only character, the only thing I could really think of was out of the classes and out of my options, my favorite things those were and the way that they connected to and the things that maybe I wish were like a little bit more about me. That, you know, like, I wish that I had magic and was able to speak to the trees and nature and animals and turn into <laughs> and turn into an animal. You know, I wish all of those things. So, I mean, for me, it was a lot of pouring myself into my characters. But like I said, this was my first character. So I feel like that's kind of everybody's first character. What's the easiest to go to? Yeah, exactly. kind of what you want. <laughs> it's what I know. It's what I do. Here I am. How about you, Justin? I... Lately, I've been uh, fleshing out a lot of characters randomly, but originally, I've stuck to the one character, the barbarian, who's a heroic version of what I see in myself in fantasy. It's not it's definitely I'm not a big Buffy dude, no, you're but terrible. I always make a Hawaiian <laughs> barbarian. Is like if I was back in ancient Hawaiian times, that would be me right there. Um, but with other characters I've been making, um, I kind of just like. Uh, go off of a, a either something i saw from a movie or uh just a little random dit and go crazy off of that i made a chef character that uh, I, I i found some homebrew shit and i just had fun with it and just kept digging into it and i also made a mrs doubtfire a character <laughs> <laughs> and I, I i just i just have a a, a, a semi-big a list portfolio yeah he really does so <laughs> lately I've been doing that. Uh for me, I generally will not pour myself into my characters. I will try to channel things that either I never was or that I wanted to be or that I was curious about, hey, how would it be if I was this way? You know? Uh and I can talk in different accents and I can really uh flesh out these tones and everything and play a dumb character or play a smart character. Yeah, I really feel like the three of us are each different ways of the coin. Mm-hmm. 
But that's the best part about this game, isn't it? Like, honestly, <laughs> you take like-minded individuals who are interested in the same thing, and you bring them together and you play a game. And they all get satisfaction and fun from different ways of playing the game. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they're contributing to the same epic story. Seven different players in our campaign all collaborating together to make one epic tale. I'm supposed to be the t-shirt guy, Justin. <laughs> Well, the only well, the only one who I still like, I feel like is just kind of a, a total mystery, and it's just because she's quiet. Is Kennedy? She is she is great, and I love her character and everything. But she's just you know, I have like no idea about her. Uh, you about know, her. she's gonna surprise us. Yeah, it is. I, exactly. But yeah. it's just like every time she opens her mouth, it's like pure gold. Yes, it I'm is. Like, every 100%. single time, Stop. and I'm all like. <laughs> I told I told her I, I said that like uh, she's generally the last one to leave the house after sessions and i said hey look like you have dm capabilities written all over you just do it just go for it you know <laughs> and she says she plays in another game which i, I was excited by like that's cool that's play really. more fucking yeah play more dnd but i said uh i told her i was like your character when you speak everybody listens to you i was like you have potential to lead this fucking group everything that comes out of your mouth is just pure gold because the moments you talk are just perfect jaw like, drop you can't time. plan it any better no there's two people who i think if they were a little bit more vocal they could definitely lead the group so easily and that is brandon and kennedy oh yeah Orsic and wings you tell <laughs> yep. either one of them could just easily lead the group mm-hmm. and really yeah but they're so good in their characters. i can't wait for them to listen to this <laughs> no really. they're so good no, in really. their characters though like i i commend both of them for how they play their characters and how they stick to their characters so far and i can't wait for like we've had going back to that uh one shot with the sausage party <laughs> we've had dream sequences for each of the ladies as they've come back to the table and finally i've gotten wings is i am so, dream sequence so excited planned. for that i'm so excited and for a that. little bit of background on that and now we're ready for that so i can't see what happens after this dream sequence i'm very excited for that because i feel like this is going to be our first time really seeing inside of her character and i feel like that might have been why it took her so long to reply to you was to really think about how she wanted to play that well and then on top of that like when when you're five levels deep into something and you really want to do something justice you know you really want to do the time and the investment that somebody has taken over the last six months and and give them what they're looking for with ren and with lamora you guys kind of wear your emotions on your sleeve and it was really easy to talk to you both it was really easy to do those dream sequences and make them epic with wings she's a little bit i don't want to say deeper but she's a little bit more hidden from the rest of the group she's only what she appears to be she doesn't really give anything else she'll give little hints here and there but nothing for you to really go on and i think that's why i love her characters no no for sure so mysterious and it always makes you kind of question where is she really going and what is her motive and also because of the um species her character is because she doesn't she copies yeah, and everything. She's a Kenku as well. So exactly, there was so. a lot of play with the Bard Kenku and the Cleric Kenku and playing the Cleric Kenku who's wings. Sounds of wings flapping is Kennedy's character against the, the party and so on. We didn't get to dive into that as much because my character got stabbed in the heart. But Hell yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap this part, the happy hour part up is... 
there are so many like i think kate said it best is like there are so many like you guys are three sides of the coin there are so many different ways to go about character creation it all depends on what you're looking for as your experience as justin said how you have fun what you do how much of yourself you want to pour in that character or where you want to pull those inspirations from character creation is an integral part of this game it's a very fun part of this game dms don't limit your player characters into what they can be and what they can't be me and lucas have found that out that when player agency is taken away it kind of dulls your whole sense on a campaign or lessens the height in which you view this game don't limit your choices don't limit your imagination don't limit your experiences and definitely don't limit your friends and we'll be back Social and cultural aspects of We'd our love you, Ben. Game. We do. We do. <laughs> we'll be back with the verdict on Pog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you trolls. It's last call. All right, adventurers, it's last call, and now we're going to give our disappointing opinions on Utopia Cider, Pug, Pineapple, Blood Orange, Pink Guava. Why didn't they call it Pop? That would have been so much better. <laughs> I don't know, and I'm no. sorry. Is a popular term. No, I feel like it would have been P-B-P because it was Blood Orange, not just Orange. Kate with your literalness. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I what okay. So I was disappointed in the flavor, but that's just because I'm not used to ciders and also pineapple is not my favorite. But I will say that it's hard. <laughs> the alcohol content is great. <laughs> that's I what, agree, but that's I what still we can say. Taste candy bar. This is fucking crazy. I think you need to like get your taste buds checked. I'm worried now. <laughs> so everybody here at the table has tasted something different from this drink, and I feel like we're tasting different because they're all different drinks i think newtopia is just not that consistent of a uh, cider company <laughs> i mean maybe honestly this looks like pog or <laughs> in a can i think my rating out of four is i'm gonna give pog a one to be honest with you and i'm just gonna go around the table justin i know you only had a couple sips yeah if but- you don't like alcohol like i do this is a negative 20 mm. Uh, it's going to be a one for me as well. I drink quite a few ciders, and uh, this was definitely not their best showing. Yeah, the, the one that we had before this was definitely like on a scale of one to four, four, but the Pog is definitely a one for me. I think you guys are going to have to rate the previous one on the next episode then. Cause... Yeah. Oh, we can't do two ciders in a row. Maybe it'll be oh. down the road. Yeah. Okay, I'll, well, I'll grab whatever. another case. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we might have to do some more pre search. I do have a drink in mind for next time. I'm here. Yeah, for sure. Non alcoholic. You'll yeah, love no. it. <laughs> Kate, you had a chance to sip on the pog for a little bit. What did you think? I mean, I agree with you guys. I think it was a one. It could have had a better flavor, but like I said, going with the alcohol alcohol content. That's how strong it is, right there. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I think that that was pretty good, but I mean, I'm sure you could find another cider that tastes better that um, has that same alcohol content. For our final verdict, the average is one. <laughs> oh, why did you do this to me? 
Thanks, Kothar. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Behind the scenes, I'm not allowed to choose drinks anymore. <laughs> hey, look, you're batting 500 so far. One out of two is not bad. Just because we chose the wrong one to do the review on doesn't mean you're bad at choosing drinks. Don't well, worry. to be fair, what I brought tonight, we didn't uh, rate, and it was uh, strawberry Malibu and ginger ale, and so far, everyone who tried that loved it, so. <laughs> well, guess what, Kate? You weren't really supposed to be on this episode, but we're glad you're here anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh, because ouch. just like D&D Ooh. campaigns, when you have to get those, you know what? This is coming full circle. I see it right now. Remember <laughs> when I wanted that fifth at the table? This is why you have the extra yep. player. <laughs> Shit happens. Shit happens. Life happens. I really enjoyed you guys being at the table with me. It's good to to actually record you guys. Let's and do let, it again. Oh, man. <laughs> this is just a start of it, friends. But it's really good to like get on the other side of, of the table with you guys and actually be a part of the player group and talk about this kind of stuff with you and and actually get to know you on an even deeper level than just your characters. I know that we have our get-togethers and we have our talks and we have our messages. But this is a truly another form of intimacy where we get to share Ooh. opinions about a lifestyle that we've pretty much all chosen. Get mm-hmm. steamy in here. Mm. It always is it's Justin's mm-hmm. here. Justin, if y'all don't know, is the best-looking guy in the group. Lies. He is. Brandon would say that he has the biggest ass, though. <laughs> he does. That's where it matters, right. okay? Right there. <laughs> it's all but I mean, Lucas is the, the tallest, trunk. so. I'm actually only 5'5. Five five. Bullshit. He wears stilts. <laughs> I'm 5'5. Five five. You're way taller than me. Don't, don't lie to the people. We're going to get these guys back again. We're going to get the other players in our, at our table back Wait till again. Wait you meet Reggie, so, guys. Oh, You're Reginald, in for it. Brandon, Kennedy. We'll get Deanna for a full session. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It's been a blast. Uh, I thank you guys for coming on this adventure with me and sharing your insight and your expertise and your experiences. And I love you all. We love you too, Ben. <laughs> thank you guys for coming on. Any last words? Justin, if you want to spout where they can find you at or if you have any closing comments, go for it, bro. If you want to listen to some crap music, look up Hawaiian oh, Freak. shut up. If you want to bang your Ben is the best DM. Highly recommend him. No, 20 out of 10. No, we don't because he's our DM. You can't have him. (laughs) We're very selfish. We offer him up for 50 bucks an hour. All right. We can do that. Can I get at least 50% of that? (laughs) (laughs) Lucas, any closing comments, sir? Not at all. I'm just really looking forward to uh, one D&D and uh, the possibilities it can really hold for the whole player base. Very curious about that virtual tabletop aspect. That's the other part that's game-changing. That's a conversation. So I had an idea for the intro for this. I was thinking something like on the tune of Bob Marley, like, one (laughs) D&D. One D&D. Let's get together and play online. No, 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 no. Although I do think one day we'll have to get enough mics for our entire group to be on the cast because that would just be amazing. We should be playing D&D. I think I'm going to need a bigger mixing board for all that. Yes. I got you. All right, Kate, (laughs) any closing thoughts? Uh, Just, I mean, D&D is amazing. I really found a whole new world and something that I have a lot of passion into. (laughs) 
So I, love I mean, Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> everyone who's kind I'm of looking Wars, into it for because of Stranger Things or just curiosity, give it a shot, you know. And we definitely got to do this way more because this has I hope been my too brother's much listening fun. And he gets curious and wants to play. Bryce is never going to play D anD D, no matter how never. awesome it is. We've okay. Never he's tried it. for like I ten made, years. I made all right. Character. You got that far. Maybe he just needs the forever DM to show him the way. Absolutely. I mean, you he might because, you know, you, you got me. So maybe. <laughs> All right, friends. And with that being said, this is the forever DM telling you, remember, life's an adventure. Roll with it. <laughs>